0: This is the LexisNexis California Legal News Podcast. Litigation news stories from recent issues of LexisNexis Mealy's publications. Current and targeted legal news and litigation reports. The former chief executive officer of Intermune Incorporated was convicted September 29th of a federal charge of wire fraud. In connection with a false and misleading press release, about a clinical trial for an off-label use of the company's Actimmune interferon gamma-1b drug. W. Scott Harkonnen was found not guilty of felony misbranding of Actimmune by promoting it for off-label uses. Harkonnen faces a maximum penalty of 20 years in prison, a $250,000 fine, and three years of supervised release. Harkonnen was indicted in 2008 by the U.S. Justice Department in the Northern District of California. The federal indictment said Actimmune was approved to treat chronic granulomatous disease and severe malignant osteoporosis. The government said Intermune conducted a study for using Actimmune to treat idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, or IPF, a fatal lung disease. The government said underreported data from the study showed that Actimmune was not effective in treating IPF. Nonetheless, it said Harkonnen had employees analyze the data to suggest the drug improved survival. The government said Harkonnen directed sales representatives to market Actimmune to treat IPF, and in 2002, he issued a press release that contained false and misleading information about the study. In 2006, the government filed a criminal complaint against Intermune for violating the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act by promoting Actimmune for treatment of IPF. The charges were dismissed in 2008 after Intermune complied with a Deferred Prosecution Agreement and paid close to $37 million to resolve federal criminal and civil claims for off-label marketing. A California Superior Court jury in September awarded more than $49 million to a man who suffered a traumatic brain injury when a truck struck the vehicle he was riding in. The award included more than $27 million to cover his future medical expenses. Drew Bianchi suffered a traumatic brain injury while a passenger in a car that was involved involved In an accident with a Peterbilt truck, the truck and an 18-wheel rig struck each other at the center line of a road just before the accident involving Bianchi. Bianchi, who was 21 at the time, suffered injuries that require a lifetime of medical care and was awarded just over $49 million, including $3.4 million in past medical expenses, $27.6 million in future medical expenses, $4.5 million for future lost wages, and $13.5 million in general damages. A source told LexisNexis Mealy Publications, the verdict is thought to be one of the highest non-punitive verdicts in the state of California for an individual sustaining a traumatic brain injury. A California appeals court on September 21st reversed a San Diego judge's order dismissing a class action lawsuit that accused retailer Pottery Barn of violating state privacy laws. The Fourth District Court of Appeal found the Controlling the Assault of Non-Solicited Pornography and Marketing Act of 2003, or CAN-SPAM, preempted a plaintiff's claims under the Song Beverly Credit Card Act. Susan Powers' class action lawsuit alleged Pottery Barn made a practice of asking for personal identification information, including email addresses. Powers sought damages for violations of the Song Beverly Act, violations of Section 17200 of the California Business and Professions Code, and invasion of privacy. The Song Beverly Act limits the information that may be requested of a consumer when a consumer uses a credit card to transact business. A trial court dismissed the case, finding CANSPAM preempted Powers' claims under the Song Beverly Act, but the Court of Appeal disagreed finding, quote, because Song Beverly's regulation of what may be asked of credit card customers is not a regulation of what can be sent in commercial emails and is not in any manner specific to email, we conclude Song Beverly is not preempted by can-spam. The panel found that Congress expressly provided that can-spam preempts state anti-spam laws. However, Congress specifically limited the preemptive impact of can-spam. The plaintiffs sent a class action lawsuit against social networking site Facebook over its advertising program, moved in mid-September for preliminary approval of a $9.5 million settlement agreement. In 2008, a group of consumers sued Facebook and several companies that participated in its Beacon advertising service. They claimed Facebook shared information about users' activities with advertisers without their permission. The plaintiffs also claimed that when consumers made a purchase on a Facebook advertiser's website, the consumer's personal information was shared with Facebook regardless of whether that person was a Facebook user. Under the terms of the agreement, Facebook will establish and operate a privacy foundation devoted to funding and sponsoring educational programs regarding issues related to the protection of identity and personal information online. In addition, Facebook has agreed to terminate its controversial Beacon advertising program within 60 days of the preliminary approval date. For LexisNexis Legal News, I'm Cyber CyberTech editor, Mark Rogers. The former executive vice president and general counsel of McAfee, Incorporated has filed a complaint in a California federal court against the company for malicious prosecution, defamation, and defamation per se alleging it continues to publicize false statements about his supposed improper conduct in a backdating scandal, even though he's been found innocent by a jury. Kent Roberts filed his complaint against McAfee September 16th in the Northern District of California. His claims stem from an investigation by the Securities and Exchange Commission in 2006 into McAfee's option-dating practices. McAfee terminated Roberts in May of 2006, claiming he engaged in an improper backdating episode six years earlier. He was indicted on charges including fraud and falsifying books and records. But in October 2008, a jury cleared Roberts of fraud charges, and in March of this year, the SEC voluntarily dismissed all its proceedings against Roberts and cleared him of all securities law violations. Nonetheless, Roberts claims McAfee, which instigated, encouraged, and facilitated Roberts' prosecution, continues to publicize false and defamatory allegations of Robert's supposed improper conduct relating to stock options, with full knowledge of their falsity. Robert says McAfee's malicious actions destroyed his professional reputation and severely and irreparably damaged his career. The seller and distributor of Skype internet telephony applications was hit with a lawsuit in California federal court September 16th as Skype's developers and founders sued the company for copyright infringement. Jolted Limited sued Skype Technologies and subsidiary Skype, Incorporated in the Northern District of California for direct, contributory, vicarious, and induced copyright infringement. Also named as defendants were eBay and members of the investor group that signed a purchase agreement to buy Skype from eBay on September 1st, In 2003, Jolted developed the software that it used to create the Voice over Internet Protocol Skype application, which allows users to make phone calls over the internet instead of traditional phone lines. Online auction site and retailer eBay offered to purchase Jolted and the software. When Jolted declined, eBay purchased Skype in 2005. Jolted says that in 2007 it learned that Skype had obtained unauthorized versions of the software, which it used to make unauthorized modifications. Jolted further claims that Skype disclosed the software to third parties, which was prohibited by the license agreement. After Jolted terminated that agreement, the company says Skype continued using, duplicating, and distributing products incorporating the software at issue. Because Skype has continued to offer the products incorporated that Jolted created technology to customers, Jolted asserts that Skype has directly infringed its copyrights by reproducing and distributing its works and by preparing derivative works based on the original software code. A video sharing site is immune from copyright infringement claims for content posted by its users under the Safe Harbor provision of the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, or DMCA.
1: Central District of California Judge A. Howard Matz said on September 11th that record label UMG Records strained to demonstrate a genuine issue of material fact in its claim that VO Networks did not qualify for DMCA Safe Harbor. Judge Matz ruled that under the act, Vo met its obligations by policing its site for infringing material beyond what was required by law, and in responding in a timely manner to reports of infringement by UMG. UMG sued Vo, claiming that many of the user-posted videos on Vo's site infringed copyrighted works owned by UMG. The Digital Millennium Copyright Act provides safe harbor for online service providers. UMG argued that there were genuine issues of material fact as to whether Vo expeditiously removed the infringing material. VO maintained it removed any videos that UMG identified as infringing. Judge Matz noted that VO's terms of use and warning message on its site informed users that they were prohibited from uploading any videos to the site that infringed copyrights. He found VO met its burden to prove that it expeditiously removed any identified infringing material. The judge rejected UMG's argument that there were red flags of infringement on the site. For LexisNexis Legal News, I'm Mike Butler.
0: One of the largest Jewish cemeteries in the United States was sued in California state court September 10th as part of a class action lawsuit alleging improper burials and discarding of human remains. The Los Angeles County Superior Court lawsuit alleges Eden Memorial Park and its management engaged in an ongoing practice of secretly desecrating the remains of the deceased. The complaint further claims the defendant sold internment plots at Eden Memorial Park in Mission Hills, California. Without significant space to ensure that burial vaults did not encroach on an adjacent plot. Plaintiff claims the defendants took considerable steps to conceal their allegedly fraudulent actions by threatening employees and witnesses with retaliation and loss of employment. The Lexis One Community, where individual attorneys are going for free case law, the Lexis Web search engine, free forms, and Mealies Online. Get access to Lexis.com through research packages for the time you need without signing a long-term contract. Check out Emerging Issues Analysis, News, Blogs, The Download Center, The LexisNexis Store, and more. LexisOne, One, the online community and research resource for individual attorneys. www.lexisone.com For further information on these and other California cases, visit lexisnexiscom forward slash melease or totallitigator.com. LexisNexis Legal News California is written by the editors of LexisNexis Mealy Publications. Current and targeted legal news and litigation reports. The LexisNexis California Legal News Podcast. Copyright 2009 by LexisNexis, a division of Reed Elsevier, Incorporated. LexisNexis, Total Practice Solutions. This is Steve Bursler. Thank you for listening.